Daddy's Beard, the Gay Dad Podcast with Alex Megan and Young Daniel. Hello and welcome to another episode of Daddy Squared, the Gay Dads Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Jan. <laughs> oh, you, somebody's in a... I had a lot hyper- of espresso. <laughs> I'm having espresso right now. It's really good. I want to point out something that happened this week. Alex uh, just casually asked me while both of us were in the kitchen. Remember the time that we went to North Dakota? And I'm like, um, no, it was with your previous boyfriend. It wasn't. It just wasn't with a boyfriend. What do you mean? I never went with you fine to North then I then I went with friends I remembered after the fact that I went had gone with friends no but then I'm thinking like, does it happen to other couples when you kind of think that you did something with them that you actually did with your previous boyfriend during sex I call out Doug John Samantha uh, Sam who I can't remember I was kind of thinking about that after and I'm like in which scenarios can it happen because you don't tell some random person who you just date for like three months remember the time when we went to such and such yeah it's, it only can happen after a while I guess that's true I mean but look, then I, I have to say it's still at this point in our relationship it's yes. just funny it's not like it's not hurtful it's thank just like God <laughs> thank God I don't need that additional thing look I, I, I will tell you that um, it doesn't matter and here's the reason why because Anything good that has ever happened in my life has happened because I'm married to you. Do you like that? Do you like how I did that there? Yes. Yes. Do they know about Hit It? Uh, can I talk about it for a you second? You can, if you want. I know I mean, it's, it's not It's, it's a not little important. bit embarrassing. It's, it's okay, so so a woman who, uh, 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 a, a, a mom. A friend of ours. A friend of ours. Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Pod. Hi, Nicole. Nicole introduced my children to this, I'm going to call it a song. I don't know whether you can really call it a song. It's like some kind of, some kind of TikTok type of thing, or I don't know what. It's terrible. It's terrible, and yet I can't stop listening to it. I don't know why. You're listening to it by I yourself? do. I listen to it when I'm on the bike. Oh, shit. Yeah, Where? yeah. So, so um, uh, it's called Hit It, and if you- Do if you, you want to say the words? It's You're not going to sing it, you're going to recite it, because it's not a song. It's, it has I'm no sorry. music. sorry. Sure it does. It does. It has a bass guitar going in the background, doom, 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 and it goes, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, get it, get it, get it, get it, uh, uh. Uh, show them girl, yeah. Boom, boom, bow, bow, boom, 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 bow. And then it goes on from there. Oh my God, you know all the words. Well, there's a I'm lot more. Impressed. And then there's this one part where he goes, right? <laughs> and I don't know why, but I just can't, I'm I'm very attracted to it. There's I defy any it. DJ who is currently listening to us, sample what Alex just did and just make a cover version. <laughs> Daddy Squared around the world. Each episode, we visit a different country. Today, we visit Argentina. Um, Alex and I, we didn't mention it, but we are married. <laughs> just in case you didn't <laughs> know, we have five-year-old twins. Why are we just saying the background. that? Oh, just the we background from people from Argentina now? who are just listening to us to this episode. Um, before we go to and tell you who our guest is going to be, I'm going to kind of tell you just some facts about Argentina. Hello, Argentina background. Go yeah. ahead. It was founded in 1816, July 9th. Uh, population is 45.6 million people. Okay. Currency is Argentine pesos. Okay. One peso equal one cent, just so you know. Wow. And the national food is asados. It's a variety of barbecued meat. And of course, you know, we have some Argentinian restaurants in yeah. here. And it's all about it's meat. It's just a meat parade. Three things you didn't know came from Argentina. And Alex, I don't mean the Pope. And I don't mean Diego Armando Maradona. Okay. What? You don't know who Maradona is? The soccer player yeah. who died? Didn't he die? I think so, but he was so big he in the He was 80s. really big. It's like him and Samantha a, Fox, basically. He had a drug thing. Samantha Fox? No, she didn't die. I'm like, he was the, <laughs> he was the, Samantha, the equivalent of Samantha Fox in the popularity. Oh, all right. Um, three things you didn't know. So, first thing is animated feature films. What do you that mean? That Quindo Cristiani... Is it true that the world's first feature animated film came from him? Yes, and not only that... Um, Disney wanted to hire him right after he did that movie. Well, what and was he the refused. movie? What was the movie though? Uh, oh, 
Doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, the, 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 the gossip part of it is that Disney wanted to hire him, but he didn't want to leave Argentina. So I see. he just stayed And there. that was before remote work. I guess you know? so. Yeah. Before work from home. Right, work from home. Second thing is fingerprints. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, in Argentina, it was uh, first invented well, and discovered. Patent. It's a patent. Um, registered first in Argentina in 1892. Inspector Eduardo Alvarez made the first criminal fingerprints identification. How interesting. Yeah. Okay. And the third thing is uh, Uber Pool. Well, the idea of Uber Pool. The carpooling taxi services. Right. It's called Collectivo. It was... Uh, Originally in the late 1800s. Oh, probably there was uh, no app involved then. No app, <laughs> but, uh, but the idea of, you know, people who don't have enough money, so they, ra- they raise, decrease the rate right. of the taxi service and take more than oh, one person. Oh, that's cool. This time you didn't come up with anything where I'm like raising my eyebrows and saying, hmm, I don't think so. So that's good. We're yay, heading in the right direction. Yeah, for me. Yeah. I, probably because I cross-reference it. Uh, some people claim, you know, that their country was the first in many things, right. but then you kind of Google that thing and it's not that. Right. So anyway, uh, our neighbors from- decided to trim their garden. What What is that sound in the background? I don't know. Somebody's making a mixed drink. I don't know. Listen, we're not in a highly professional studio. Yeah, we're just in the backyard, <laughs> but we will be one day. I don't know. I kind of like it. If it's not so bad for our listeners, I would hate to sit in one of those like really formal rooms with the baffling on the walls and everything. I like that we're like, you know, we're in the world. Go on. Our guest today is Pablo Farcia. He's a gay activist and a social worker. He's working with the LGBTQ plus federation in Argentina and joined the fight for human rights to establish marriage equality. He adopted a girl, Mia, who was uh, living in a hospital for a year. There was a huge, huge amount of press about him uh, about a year ago. Yeah. As the the single gay dad who uh, adopted a girl from the hospital. Um, We're going to hear all about that from him. Alex, I'm going to get a sip from my espresso right now. And we're taking off. Yes, yes. Is that okay? Yes, but you have to finish quickly because you have to put your seat backs in the upright and locked position. All right. Let's go to the interview. Argentina. Hello. Hey, how are you? Hi, Pablo. Hi, Pablo. Hi, how are you doing? We're good. How are you? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's my usual uh, like status. I get it. Yes. I just I'm. I think that like it's a it's a constant situation. But for you, you're a single dad, so uh, I guess it's a. Uh, I mean, I don't oh, envy yeah. you. I don't know. I think that um, we tend to, you know, underestimate the idea of parenthood. Yeah, Pablo, I don't know about you, but my my brother and my mother and all of my friends said, oh, it's the hardest thing. And you hear it, but you, you're like, well, I don't know. What does that mean? What does it mean? It'll be great. And then you have the kids and then you're like, oh, that's what it means. Yeah, and it's not transferable. I don't, I don't know if transferable is a, is a word in English. But, yes. Uh, it's, it's not a transferable experience, you know? Right. They tell you it's a, like it's a nightmare and you don't sleep and there are a lot of things that you want to basically kill yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's not <laughs> transferable. You kind of measure the impact of leaving it 24 hours. And yeah. If you're single, it, it's even worse. Yeah, and killing yourself won't really help. It's just not, no. You know. Yeah. Um, can you give us, just tell us what, you know, for our listeners, uh, tell us about your family. Well, um, my nuclear family, let's say, it's just uh, Mia, which is my adopted daughter. Yes. She's uh, three years old. She, uh, her birthday was in January. Uh-huh. And uh, it's me and our dog named Pocho. But also we have our more extended family, which is my parents, Mia's grandpas, and uncles and siblings and, you know. Does your extended family um, participate heavily even during the pandemic in your daughter's life? Do they... they, Give, give you a break every now and then by taking her or what happens? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the first thing I did when I decided to adopt by my own was to 
put gather my family and tell them you know I, i'm i'm making this life decision and i'm not going to be able to do it if you're not supporting me so i need to know that you will be you know by my side and uh, they of, of course they were absolutely on board and i think that the idea of child like raising kids more of us a tribe in our case you know right right, right. so wh- how did you come to the decision to we actually read the article that was an article mm-hmm. about you in the united states that you yeah. found her in in the hospital she was left in the hospital yes What? it's not that i found her it's it's more that she was living there and uh, i made the decision to To fill the forms to start the adoption process in my country in Argentina there's a judge the family judge decides who uh, gets the gets the kid let's say right away mm-hmm. so what I had to do was um, join like fill the forms and then wait you know and two years after I filled those forms I got the call. Uh, from the family court wow two years and Mia was there yeah the, it, and it was a small process it was a short process for our loss we he in Argentina the process is very slow mm-hmm. not because of the process itself but because there's a difference between what adoptive parents are expecting and what and what kind of kids are in the system so so you're saying you're saying yes. two years but not you Two years from the time that you met her, it was two years from the time that you decided to adopt until exactly. until they identified her as someone who you could adopt is that is that right absolutely I see right okay now I have yes. to get back to my previous question, which is can you tell us how you came to this decision a big decision um, to mm. adopt uh, when you did what was going on in your life at the time? Well, um, the idea of, of being a parent was always in my, like in the back, you know, of your head, it's, it's, it was always something mm. that was meaningful for me. Um, but I was living a relationship, a long-term relationship. I was 33, 34 years mm-hmm. old. I was in between jobs. Uh, I, I used to work for the Red Cross and doing in, like humanitarian work. So I was in my country, stable, you know, uh, working as a social worker and not doing like, you know, wars and stuff. Right. So uh, I thought it was like, it's, 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 an, it's a good moment for me to move on and think of this next step. Also, I live in a country that approved everything. Uh, laws like marriage equality there were a, a baggage of laws that were implemented in my country that started to make the idea that of the possibility that of being a parent was even more real you know mm-hmm. so I, I I've been thinking about a lot uh, for a long time a couple of years and with my cup with my with my partner at the time we split up and I said well you know it's time to break the idea that you In order to have a kid you have to have a couple you know you have to have a partner uh, so I worked that with my therapist mm-hmm. and I said okay let's do it um, in Argentina is there a hierarchy of um, desirable parenting so what I mean is there's mm-hmm. gay and straight there's also a single and married um, did you is part of the reason why it took as long as it did because of the fact that you were a, a prospective single parent instead of uh, a couple or a man instead of a woman what, what how does yeah, that work uh, the thing is that since it's a judge, With its with his his or her own team uh-huh. it comes to the matter of the what's that judge's idea you know right um, so it the law says that there has to be no distinction between single married but based on the child necessities they might require for example some level of you know social insurance for a treatment options or some ages you know if it's a if it's a very if it's, if it's a baby and uh, maybe they won't choose people very elderly right um, so but the, the law doesn't say anything about it but then when it comes to the 
judge's decision. Sometimes, you know, it's biased, it's there's prejudice. And uh, I had the lucky, I had the luck to to be in a family court that ha- was absolutely open and had no bias or no uh, idea of discriminating me based on my sexual orientation or my status, you know? Wow. So um, can you give us but a little... It was luck. I want to say that it was luck. One of my friends is also an adoptive parent and he was subpoenaed by the judge in order to say, I don't agree with your kind of family. I will never give you a kid. Wow. Uh, now, so, but but strictly speaking, that's against the law, isn't it? Absolutely. And he, he also said it informally, you know. <laughs> yes. uh, but that's the thing. You 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 depend on the decision of a of a judge, right? And, and you 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 obviously can you know appeal to that. that what's, that's what they did. But again, it's like a process. It's like a longer process for us because you have this kind of old judges thinking this kind of ideas. Is there like an adoption agency who can really make sure that you're going to the right judges and, and knows all of these things? Like if you want to adopt, what do you, what do, you yeah, do? In, Argent- in Argentina, you have, the, it depends on the province, but it's always uh, the responsibility of the state. So oh. um, you, there, there's no adoption agencies. There, there's a child protective service. That, in, that that cares for the kids in adopt in like waiting for to be adopted yeah. and then it's the the judicial system that you know manages the case right but who who helps you um, uh, who helps pair no you pair you with a child the judge the judge the judge actually identifies a kid who might be right with, for with you his team. With his team, like it's the it's the judge's team, you know, that's right. uh, psychologists, social workers, lawyers working with the judge, I see. with the family judge, and they are the ones that like do the recommendations. Ah, but at the end, it's the judge. Right, understood. And is there any some form of orientation? Because I know that in America, for example, they do all sorts of mm-hmm. right education. Edu- yeah, like yeah. education and what. Like, you have to go to not? mandatory, you know, meetings and those kind of things oh, in America, okay. right? Yeah. Once, wait, well, wait. It, it's not in Argentina like that. It, it 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 depends on the province. Some provinces have like two or three mandatory meetings that you have to attend. But for example, I didn't have to do anything, any, <sighs> nothing. Wow. Yeah. And it, it was a very lonely process, you know, because... Yeah. Uh, you are waiting for two years and then you get a call 15 days later, you're a parent and you have a kid sleeping in your bed. Right. And it's like, good luck. Let me know. <laughs> um, which is kind of weird. And the, the process, should, I'm saying this also as a social worker, yeah. the process should be more, uh, you know, proactive in terms of, you, you know, we are taking care of a kid. So right. the state should have a more close you know, follow up. So, so once you do um, have a, a kid, number one, is there any kind of financial support that comes from the government for um, ad- oh. adopting a child? Absolutely not. Not. Absolutely okay. not. Good. Very Nothing. good. Okay. But my next question would be, um, do, are there check-ins? Um, do social workers come uh, for the first few months or something like that to see how you're doing? Or does that also doesn't happen? No, that does happen. It, it, the, you have a couple of follow-up um, interviews with social worker. Then you have to go to the family court, uh, you know, to attend and ah. uh, to, to do the, your testimony of how things are going and present some, you know, like the doctor's uh, report and if she's going to the school, like the school report. Um, but then once you are granted with the full adoption, it's like... Good luck. <laughs> yes. Yeah, when they sent us home from uh, the hospital with our kids, we, we had our kids via surrogacy, but there was a one mm-hmm. and a half hour, I think it was mandatory seminar class, where they basically told you don't shake the oh. baby. And uh, showed, showed us how a baby is shaken. Yeah, just with don't a doll. do that, right? And then other than that, we were like, 
Oh my God, what do we do now? <laughs> yeah, like shaking the baby. Okay, understood, but what's, what about the well, right. <laughs> Apparently that's all you have to do. Don't shake the baby and everything will be <laughs> Don't fine. Don't shake the baby. <laughs> um, no, he, I, I, and I understand that the way the American law works with childhood is m way more mm, strong in terms of the presence of the state in those, those kind of the perspective in Argentina the legal perspective is different so uh, it, it doesn't happen here can we go back and do a little bit of a background on on you so um, you know uh, where where in Argent you grew up in Argentina I was I was born in a in a city it's called Mar del Plata so it could be something like silver sea okay sounds nice Yeah, sometimes it's like the most touristic city in the country. You know, you, <laughs> when everyone wants to go on vacation, they go to Mar del Plata. Uh -huh. So it's a very touristic city. Um, the, during the summer, it's the you know it's it's full of people, and I always grew up. You know, as I think I most LGBT people knowing that there was something there that wasn't quite adding up. Um, and then I started doing some kind of service work, uh, volunteering when I was very young, and that ended up moving me to like starting and as a volunteer firefighter. Then, then that moved me like it, then there was a passage for the to start volunteering at the Red Cross in big in big events, catastrophes, disasters, and. During that time, I was like a teenager uh, and being surrounded by that like big macho culture of firefighters, you know, rescue teams and all of kind of that big masculine figures. I was like, that's not me. That is, you know, is, I, I, there, there's something here. Like, I, I like those guys, but for their, all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> It was like, I want to share time with you. I was spending time with you in your quarters, but not for the same reasons you think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so there, there was like my first idea of like, okay, there's something here. And the idea of being gay in Argentina in the 90s was still very, um, you know, diminished uh, concept of someone who was alone or degenerate, you know, and having to crush that. I, I, I kind of thought that by coming out, the absolute consequence of coming out was me ending my life alone yeah. in a department, in a, in a department, you know, like using my computer alone and <laughs> that was it. So to break that idea, um, was very heavy, but also the, the, the cultural change that the country did helped a lot, you know, in terms of the symbolic um, symbolisms that, yeah. that move, passing a law, was hearing in the, in the TV and in the radio that you are okay and that there's nothing wrong with you. It's, it's a big step for someone, for people that usually feels alone and in a way you think you're the only one going through that, you know? Right. So it was very important. For, and then since I was was working in service and doing those kind of things, I started doing activism for LGBT causes. It's, it was something like natural, you know, working with poor neighborhoods and then understanding that I, I was also having to fight for my own rights, not only the people that I, I work with. So I started doing activism for LGBT issues and then we had the chance to pass marriage equality law gender identity laws and i was like a part of that can and you tell us when those like, happened yeah um, argentina was the first country in latin america to pass marriage equality it was in 2010 2010 um, and gender identity was in 2012 and it was at the time it was the most advanced law in the world because it didn't require anything but submitting a form requiring the change of gender. There was no medical thing. There was no, like, you know, diagnosing people by their, uh, by a psychiatrist, nothing. It was just filling a form. And 15 days later, you have your new ID with your new gender. Oh, nice. Yep. Um, so 
now nowadays um so I, i guess that argentina was like you said was one of the um the, was the first in latin america to recognize gay marriage what's it like now for people who are gay specifically mm-hmm. and and want to have kids is adoption the only option that they have like fill out the forms and hope for the mm-hmm. best yeah you know the civil code doesn't recognize surrogacy it doesn't prohibit it also so there's like a gray area there where you know you have a lot of lesbian couples uh, doing surrogacy because it's uh, in Argentina I don't know if it's in the rest of the world but what's not forbidden explicitly it's allowed so the civil yeah. code is a gray area there so people are like using it well now so um, I guess the question would be are there good Are there gay men um, in Argentina who are doing surrogacy in Argentina in order to have kids? Is that happening? Um, no, I'm, I mean, it, it's, it's, there are some kinds of uh, actions, you know, for example, you meet with a friend and then you, in, in some way, you manage to, you know, implant, ah. I, I'm not aware of the medical terms yeah. in English, but, you know, like two, a couple meets with a friend, a friend helps, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. But it's informal, but you're saying, it's, it's an informal absolutely process. Absolutely informal. I see. Yeah. And the only thing that is explicitly prohibited is the idea of uh, economical transactions. Ah. So you need to go to a, you know, to a certain place and, re- you, you know, certify that there is no economical transaction between that. And there's also, now there's also um, justice, you know, should um, lawyers have presented files to require the state to recognize surrogacy. It's still a thing that it's not happening yet. And it didn't happen because basically because of pressures of the church, we had a change of the civil code in 2014, 2015, that the pro- original project included surrogacy, but in order to be in a good relationship with the Pope, which happens to be Argentinian, the... Oh, we the, know. <laughs> yeah, you know, the article was removed uh, so we could keep peace with the Vatican. Right. Mm. How visible non-traditional families are in Argentina? Well, I don't think we're very visible. I mean, the, the only idea I think that my, the article about my story was like a big hit was because mm. there's not a lot of exposure about our kind of families. Is there... At the, same, at the same hand, for example, I can tell you that we have three uh, TV hosts that are trans who have kids on, on prime time. Wow. Um, so, trans women? Yeah, you know, trans women, yeah. Oh, um, And they are like TV hosts, that they're in, they're in their national TV prime time with a lot of success, and they have kids. The, most of the famous people, LGBT, IQ+, in Argentina, when they do surrogacy, they go to your country. Mm-hmm. So most of these stars did surrogacy and did it in the United States. So, so can you name like a, a, a famous gay person in, in Argentina who did surrogacy in the U.S.? Yeah, uh, which is transgender, for example. Uh, Florencia de la V um, and also Flavio Mendoza is he's a choreographer mm-hmm. slash dancer slash dancing with the stars judge mm-hmm. who oh. is gay and uh, he had surrogacy okay. and the other one is Lizzy Tagliani which is a TV host like she does humor and she has a TV show oh, nice. so when I, when I, when I, what I want to say is that in a way traditional families are still a thing even if our census says that they are minority like mm-hmm. 40% of the couple they like of the families in Argentina are traditional the rest is a wide variety of combinations so even if they are a minority uh, representation is, a th- is still a thing right even if we have this kind of situations with transgender TV hosts and openly gay you know Uh, representatives and ministers and stuff like that which is super cool I see um, and what about organizations you worked a lot with uh, uh, LGBT causes are there any LGBT organizations in Argentina that help uh, gay men becoming dads in any way 
You know, that's that's actually a void. Like that, that that's actually a, a gap okay. we have uh, with organizations. There are not a lot of organizations that work with LGBT causes or LGBT people and uh, family planning. Let's say mm-hmm. um, we are starting to think about it. The Argentinian LGBT Federation has like a secretariat of families. They are the first ones that are starting to work with this, but there's a lot of work to be done in that area. You said um, earlier, you, we talked about uh, famous people and you said that uh, your story was also a thing. What does it bring with it? The, the fact that your story is, is now like is known in the country. Does other men contact you? Like- It's been a really crazy year. The, the article came out last year. In Argentina mm-hmm. for the International Diverse Families Day or something like that in English. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, but the International Families Day. But the diversity, fam- I don't know. Well, yeah. it was an international day. <laughs> All right. And so the newspaper wanted to make an article about a diverse family. They contacted me. Um, and for the last year, it's been crazy. It's been uh, a lot of people contacting me through social networks. Um, and also... I'm trying to there's a there's a lot of uh, wrong ideas about adoptions in Argentina you know there was a, it, it used to be a very complex process that has been being simplified over the years so a lot of people still have a lot of misconceptions about how is the process if single people can adopt if single people cannot adopt so it's been I, I became like some sort of you know you have When you go to an airport and you have like the touristic spot to, to get reports, <laughs> yeah. well, you can go to my Instagram or Facebook and ask things about adoption. And, I, and since I'm also a social worker and work in family issues, it's also been like, you know, I understand it's also a, as a way of activism itse- by yeah. itself, you know? Exactly, that's why I'm asking. To achieve their dreams. Yeah. So I, I, I'm really I like, happy about it. I like your airport analogy, but I think it's better to refer to you as an ambassador. I think you're an oh, ambassador. Like okay? <laughs> okay, I like that. I, 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 can, I, can, I can be an ambassador. Yes. By the way, uh, ambassadors are referred to as your excellency, so we will do that from, the, from now on. <laughs> yeah. I your excellency, do you have time to date? <laughs> Oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> oh no, what what's that? You well, know, I have I to forgot, assume I, I have to assume that there are some of these people who contact you on social networking who are kind of attracted to a man who has a child. You know, there's something uh, some some men consider that a very attractive thing to Alex speaks from experience. No, uh, of to, course you do. I'm saying to join a fa- yeah, I do. Um, but to jo- to join a family, are there men who uh, are there men who say, "Well, you know, I I love the idea of joining Daddy. a family that already exists that's not what they're saying yeah but okay that kind of spooks me you know like i i, I tend to be terrified though yeah that. it's like you're not interested about me you're interested about my story or my kids which mm. is worst yeah you know it's like, <laughs> it's like I, i i tend to run away from that interesting when, when, I, when the when the conversation is like 30 minutes of of asking me things about my kid it's like Oh, you're dating me, you know? Right, yes. Right. And the thing is, I have so, like, I have a few, you know, hours left during the week <laughs> yeah. to be able to socialize. Yeah. Which is like, I'm not spending 30 minutes, you know, of, of satisfying your daddy issues <laughs> <laughs> with, my, with my kid, you know? Right. Um, Pablo, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We do, um, at the end of each of our interviews in each country that we visit, uh, have a lightning round of questions, quick questions that we ask you that are extremely serious. Are you ready? Okay, yes, I'm ready. What was the first solid food that you, that you fed your daughter? It was actually her first solid food also. Oh, um, okay. Uh, because of like some things she had. Ah. Uh, uh, so we started with potatoes, uh, baked potato, like oven. Yeah, oh, baked oven potatoes. Baked. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Sounds And good. And uh, uh, some sort of uh, meat, you know, Argentinian meat, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, so it was like <laughs> small pieces of meat with right. baked potatoes see this is actually what we expect i expect people from argentina the first solid food that they will have will be a steak 
Absolutely, uh, right. you know, yeah. Okay, and now, what's the most frequent dinner that you're uh, that you're that you and your daughter have? I move to more like vegetable things. You mm-hmm. know, uh, there's like mix of different vegetables with uh, oil. I love it so uh-huh. much. Like mm-hmm. so, garlic and, and yeah, a lot of vegetables. And I, wow. I love the mixtures of, of of mixing different vegetables and discovering with her. You know, which one. Does she eat garlic? She likes. Yeah, she eats everything. Oh, God she, bless she her. Eaten, today she was eating mustard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, I wish our children did any of that. Okay, question number three. Um, can you give us a family cold or flu remedy that is interesting? Uh, um, I'm not, you know, I, I don't have any. Okay. Uh, I'm more of a dr- uh, legal drug Eric, you know, user. Yes, straight, straight to the pharmaceuticals, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think about it. Very good. Just tell me the, just tell me the drug, and I will buy it. Understood. All right. Next one. What is the first thing that you want to do with your daughter once all of the pandemic restrictions are lifted? Well, you know, she's been living in a hospital for a lot of time and then she met me and then three months later we went in a lockdown so yeah. uh, I would love her to you know start going out more feeling the air it's it's more of a being connecting with the outside more yes understood okay by the way Los Angeles is lovely you should come and visit and Disney. I know I, I lived in New York for a couple of years ah yeah. So yeah. I really love New York, Los Angeles. I really love Los Angeles. Okay. Um, nice gays. Nice gays. Nice yes. gays. The gays in Los Angeles are not as nice as the gays in, in New York. It's true. It's no, a New fact. York, no, New York gays are at the top. Yeah, they're the best. Um, okay. <laughs> Your last question. And I ask you to think about this one very carefully. We need the name of a gay icon from your country. Now, it does. the person does not have to be gay, uh, him or herself. For example, in America, Madonna is a gay, or Cher is a gay icon. But you can go anywhere you want with it. I don't even need to think about it. There's like <laughs> an immediate answer to that, which is Moria Kazan, M-O-R-I-A, C-A-S-A-N. Okay. She's a, a mixture of Cher, and it's like Cher meets Ofra meets a third world country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> well, oh, my God. I'm Googling it right and, now. Yeah, please do. She's she's like, uh, she was like the mother of TV shows, uh-huh. reality shows. No, those kind of Oprah shows. You right, know? right. And um, she also is like this uh, sex icon, uh, very physically look like Cher also. <laughs> so it's like Cher doing TV shows and <laughs> some sort of a drag queen by herself. Understood. Oh, I love it. Well, we will, of course, put some material about her on... Um, a lot of material. On the website. She's also a judge now in Dancing with the Stars. So okay. it's, it's iconic. Excellent. Well, Pablo, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And uh, we hope things are going great with your daughter. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Daddy Squared, Around the World, we're back from the interview with Pablo from Argentina. After the interview with Pablo, I researched a little bit, well, a lot, both in Spanish and in English. Um, And he's right, there's not enough information about this. So hopefully what I'm saying here, and hopefully you guys, people who are listening to us from Argentina, will have something to add to it. Please, please write to us at hello at daddysqr.com. The address is also on our website. And everything that I'm saying right now, it's available for you guys at daddysqr.com slash Argentina. All right, so let's look at the options for gay men in Argentina. And um, apparently adoption is the most common way. Um, 
it uh, depends on your province. Um, if you want to start the process, all you have to do is go online, fill, fill out an online form that's available from the justice system in your province and print it and present it to the family court and they open a file for you and they pro- process a lot of interviews and social workers visits and psychologists and then the judge okays you to become a parent then you get to in, into a pool of parents and then the matching process what's interesting and different from other countries that we visit prior is that everything is through the courts here so Like uh, Pablo said, the judge, family court judge has a team of social workers and they match the parents and everything is going through them. The reason why, the reason why adoption is the most common is basically because surrogacy abroad is very expensive mm-hmm. um, and is not available financially for, for everyone. And inside the country, there's no regulations. What does so, that mean there's no regulations? Um, It is not prohibited, but neither is regulated. Like the, so it's, it's a basically free for all, basically. It's basically, yeah. It's wow. Free, it's free, but it also has to be discussed in court. So every child that is born is discussed in court. Sometimes the judge say no. You can't be your parents, like even though you've been through all the surrogacy yeah. process. So it's really depend on what judge you're getting. Right. According to Argentinian press, the first gay couple who had a child through surrogacy in Argentina was 2015. Okay. So what they recommend doing is to, before you start a surrogacy in Argentina, ask permission from the court. Well, so, yeah, I guess so that would make people sense. People come to it. come to them after they have the baby right sometimes going before the process really saves a lot a lot of trouble still it's going to be you have to make sure that it's going to be the same judge and everything's going to be the same so right. it's going to be easier for you people who go outside of, of Argentina to have babies usually do it either in the US or Ukraine gay people tend to do it in the US because Ukraine you have to marry yes. a woman instead in order yes. to do that so um, that's much easier more complicated mm-hmm. um, co-parenting and known sperm donor is also not developed enough but still there are sites from other countries who accept Argentinian profiles right. so you can go you can go online and see on daddysqr.com slash Argentina I list out two websites that give an option for Argentinian men to find people in their own country and what else do I have that? Oh, one thing that is very unique to Argentina, I think, is that judges approve three parents. So if you oh. are a gay couple and you, have co- you are co-parenting with a lesbian mom, you go to court, all three of you are listed as the child's parent. Uh, I have to say what's so interesting to me about that is if you're doing three, why wouldn't you do four? Seriously. Well, like well, if she's try. married as well. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't see any indication about four, yeah, but, just but three is uh, approved. Daddy, that's QR.com. So, you know, it's not a bad transition to this week's MHB Corner, Men Having Babies uh, Corner, where we talk about issues from experts who really understand this process, the, the surrogacy process and the challenges associated with it all around the world. Ron Puldayan, the executive director of Men Having Babies, and I talked for a minute about Uh, the issue of compensation for surrogates. This is a very complicated issue. We've touched about it in a few previous episodes. Man Having Babies has a perspective on how this can and should work. Let's hear from Ron. This is MHB Corner. One of the more contentious issues regarding surrogacy has to do with claims by some that surrogacy should not be quote-unquote commercial. And oftentimes that is, that is interpreted as The surrogate should not be quote unquote paid. And this is uh, an issue that uh, has been at the core of a lot of our discussions regarding surrogacy ethics. Our position is that contrary to what happens in Canada and the United Kingdom, for, uh, for instance, that surrogate compensation should be something that we celebrate, but also able to explain. We believe that it, this is restitution for the burdens associated with pregnancy. A surrogate uh, goes through some physical discomfort. Uh, the surrogacy and the pregnancy disrupt their family lives and they're undertaking some risks. Those are burdens that should be compensated. But this is not to mean that the surrogate works for us. It doesn't mean that she rents her womb. It doesn't mean that she gets paid X 
dollars per hour of carrying a baby. And it certainly doesn't mean that she gets paid for the baby and the compensation should be independent of whether there's a birth of a healthy child at the end. Manhavingbabies.org That was Ron Puldayan, Executive Director of Men Having Babies. And, you know, I just wanted to touch on this for a minute. I find this to be a fascinating and really complicated question because, you know, there is a fear of uh, paying women such that they make a profit off of the process of carrying a child for somebody else. And there are some people who are afraid that there is a a real ethics issue associated with that. And I don't reject that. I understand how there can be a real issue there. On the other hand, I'm saying to myself, you've decided to do this incredible thing for me and my husband, for example, which, which Carly did for us. Thank you, Carly. Um, And, uh, and, why on earth would you not be well compensated for it? What, you know, why why would we expect you to do this purely out of the goodness of your heart when it is a, a major undertaking in your life? So it's complicated, but I don't really understand the uh, the option of simply reimbursing expenses and not going any further. Yeah. I totally agree with you, and um, you can get more information about men having babies on daddysqr.com slash mhb, and you can go directly to manhavingbabies.org and figure out uh, what's the next conference you should attend. And especially for people from Argentina and other people who don't go to the U.S. because of the costs, Men Having Babies has a program that helps financially uh, for gay men, so check that out as well. Other organization besides men having babies in Argentina, uh, we have Familias Diversas Argentinas. I hope that we're going to have these links because, you know, just yes. the name. Um, so that's an organization of gay parents, basically, that helps other parents-to-be or parents. I really highly recommended uh, consulting with people there. Um, they have a Facebook group, they have Instagram, they have all the social media so you can contact through there, as well as the FALGBT.org, which is the Argentinian LGBT organization uh, that Pablo is connected to. Um, he said that it's going to be, they're going to develop more the LGBT family stuff there. Uh. So look out at that uh, website as well. Maybe something will show up. I checked it not yet, but um, but I assume in the near future they're going to add it. Uh, that's it. Um, everything that we said, I said, uh, daddysqr.com slash Argentina. And before we go, I want to talk a little bit about playdates, Alex. Okay. So I find that uh, the the actual idea of play date with kids, at least the kids in our age, like the, our, our kids are five, but five and lower, and even six and seven, I think the parents have to come over as well, right? It's not like you send your kid and and that's it. So it's a play date with a parent as well. I don't I don't agree. I mean, I, I actually think parents do it in lots of different ways. Sometimes uh, it's one parent uh, watches uh, their kids and somebody else's kids, and the other parent gets a break and vice versa. Sometimes yeah. uh, amongst those with means, it's a bunch of nannies who get together with uh, the, their respective kids. Okay, what if our kids really want to do a play date with yes. another kid, yes. with a parent? Yes. Who the parent we don't really get along with or they're like annoying. Them. We don't like them. Yes. Let's say we don't like them. Yeah. What, yeah, it's what? a problem. Puts a puts a bit of a crimp in the uh, in the process. Right. We've had we've had this experience where when the kids are together, they actually it's great. It frees you up quite a bit. But the problem is if you're standing there freed up uh, at a park or in your own backyard with somebody you don't really get along with that well, you're just kind of stuck. Yeah. I, yeah, I so the, the ideal is basically to have play dates with kids whose parents we're friends with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I well, mean, I, I, I don't know what the other option is. Um, I have a feeling this is a very common problem. Yes? Yeah. Yes, I do. I do. I will say, and we've talked about this before on, on the show, uh, that, man, play dates are great. They are actually great because when our kids have just one other kid with them, 
suddenly it becomes much easier for us to manage our own kids. I mean, I would often rather have another kid come and play yeah. with our kids without their parents even there. Um, and even though that goes up from our two kids to a third kid, it actually becomes easier. Yeah. It's amazing. And you know what? I realized that when another kid in our kid's room, they rediscover oh, their yeah. toys through his eyes. Yeah, that's right. Which is so great and i think yeah you know we spend so much money on toys and then they're just left out and yes. nobody plays with them until another kid comes unfortunately rediscovering means that when we go into their room afterwards every single object has been removed from its cabinet or box and is on the floor but yeah you know such such is life just one more thing before we go um this episode comes out uh, at the very beginning of what is internationally gay pride month. And, you know, because of the pandemic, there won't be a parade in Los Angeles. And frankly, Los Angeles's gay pride parade is meh at best. Yeah. Anyway, um, if you like watching, you know, floats of banks. Commercials. <laughs> go buy it. It's fine. like, yeah, you know. it's like uh, watching the ads yeah. on Hulu. But, but speaking of ads, I went to the supermarket yesterday we live in West Hollywood, which is an incredibly gay area. And I went to the supermarket and there was an end cap at the end of an aisle, a huge presentation of Kellogg's um, Pride cereal. They Presented by Glad. They, that's right. In, in conjunction with Glad. Um, here it was. Here it is. It's this purple box and it has messages on the box like things that don't belong in a box. Uh, people, uh, oh, I can't remember what it says now. It's a shame it was good. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 um, look, it's an unbelievable manipulation. It's an unbelievable, like, strategic business decision made on the part of Kellogg's. But you know what? I don't care. I am so moved. I am so blown away that we live in a time where a stodgy, old, incredibly powerful cereal company puts out fucking gay cereal on gay pride month because they know that they can now that the time has come and that it is better for them to deliver that message than to not deliver that message and look once you've got cereal guys we're we're making it yeah we're making it and i am just so blown away oh you moved me alex cereal oh yeah all right, guys, that's it for today. We're going to see you next week. Uh, we're going to go to another country. Alex, I'm very proud of you Thank on you. Pride Month. Oh, just so you know. I'm very gay. And, and, and I'm, I'm very proud of you. Yeah, I'm proud to be gay. <laughs> gay, gay, gay. Gay, gay, gay. All right, guys. All right, gays. <laughs> uh, we're going to see you next week. Love bye. You. Bye, bye. Hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, get it, get it, get it, get it, uh, 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 show them girl, yeah, boom, boom, bow, bow, boom, 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 bow, 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 boom, boom, bow, 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 b